Uh, welcome everybody to our Mothers Who Know Stay by the Tree Messages of Hope webinar series. This is the last in our three-part series, and you guys are definitely in for a treat today. My name's April Hyatt, and I am part of the Mothers Who Know team. I'm one of many that are behind the scenes that work to help provide you useful training and information for moms. Our Stay by the Tree webinar series is sponsored by Life Changing Services, and Life Changing Services is a mental health counseling center for youth and adults. All of our therapists are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and we work to combine scientific principles with gospel-centered therapy. We do a lot of work with youth, and two of our main programs are first, the Sons of Helaman program, and Greg is one of our therapists that works in that program. This is for young men who are struggling with pornography challenges or other self-mastery challenges. We also have a Daughters of Light program for young women who struggle with anxiety, depression, or who also may have some other behavioral concerns. And often a lot of the young women do struggle with pornography challenges also. So if you have a child or a family member or somebody struggling in your household and you're looking for a program for them or you're looking for uh, a really good therapist, check out our website at lifechangingservices.org, or you can call our main office at 877-437-6877. And one of our amazing ladies that answers the phone will give you all kinds of information, pretty much anything that you might need, they can probably help you. So this webinar series is called Stay by the Tree, and we thought we'd tell you a little bit about where that came from and what that means, as this is part of our Mothers Who Know program, and Mothers Who Know is the support arm of life-changing services. We're here to help parents, support parents, bring them connection. Let me tell you a little bit about Stay by the Tree. As mothers, we understand the worry and fear we can feel hoping to make sure our loved ones find the Savior. The name of this webinar series, Stay by the Tree, comes from the scriptural account in the Book of Mormon from 1 Nephi chapter 8 of a beloved parent and prophet Lehi, and it's commonly called the Tree of Life vision. This vision beautifully depicts that the best place for us to stand while beckoning to loved ones on our journey is right next to the Savior. Lehi beckons, invites, and speaks with all the feelings of a tender parent, and sometimes even calls out in a loud voice, yet he never leaves the tree. Lehi's doing all of this as he's staying by the tree. He never forces others to him, he just invites. Standing safely by the Savior and partaking of the fruits he generously extends is the best place for us to feel peace and hope, even in the middle of hard. And here at Mothers Who Know, we all know that everybody has hard in their life. We all have messes or things going on at our house, and we all need a little bit of extra support. So that's what we're here for. One part of Mothers Who Know is what we call our Mom Power Training. And this is a free eight-week self-guided online training with weekly live mini classes on Zoom every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. right here, actually, in this very same Zoom room. And these are all presented by Karen Broadhead, who is the founder and director of Mothers Who Know and the parent support specialist at Life Changing Services. So you'll hear a little bit from her today, and then she's going to let Julie and Greg do most of the talking. You can take the Mom Power training anytime you can sign up for it. All of the classes and the resources and the audios and the videos are all online. And if you'd like to attend some of the mini lessons, we start those again next week on April 13th.
So just a little bit more about mom power training in case you haven't registered yet. It increases your peace and spiritual routines, builds stronger bonds in your family relationships, increases your ability to center your life in Christ, fortifies your divine identity and purpose, empowers you to recognize and defeat the tactics of the adversary, increases your faith community and group support system with like-minded women. Feel free to, to join us at mompowertraining.org. And we would love to have you stand with us as we stand with peace and courage in any storm. All right, moving to today's message, which is what you all came for. Greg and Julie Dunford are going to present on practicing equanimity. And they're going to tell you what that word means. Understanding how resistance creates stress, shame, and suffering, and how acceptance creates peace, joy, and connection. Just a little bit of background on the Dunfords. We'll just tell you a little bit about them, and then they'll go on with their presentation. Greg and Julie have been married for 34 years. They have six children ranging in ages from from 13 to 33. Greg earned his master's degree in counseling and is a clinical mental health counselor. He's been counseling for 24 years. Greg was also a full-time seminary and institute teacher for CES for 20 years. Wouldn't that have been cool to be in his seminary class? Like, seriously, that would have been awesome. Okay. He was a program director for two boys' ranches and a girls' facility for several years between 2008 and 2015. He's also a certified accelerated resolution therapist or ART for short, which is used to treat trauma. So it's kind of like EMDR on steroids. And Greg loves being a fun dad, grandpa, fly fishing, hiking, and biking. All right. So now we're going to tell you about Julie, and then we're going to tell you about a little more about the two of them together. Julie began her education in psychology and then chose to forego her formal education to become a mother of six. She continued her lifelong pursuit of education from home through mentors and other valuable resources along the way. Julie has loved raising and adventurously attempting to homeschool six kids off and on who are among the people she loves most to be with, along with her best friend, Greg. Julie loves being a mother, grandma, gardening, learning, reading, cooking, and being in the mountains and nature. And she loves to, she's a writer and coaches also. And the two of them together will give you a little bit more information. Greg and Julie are both certified in sex addiction therapy and betrayal trauma therapy. They love to spend time together learning, reading, and discussing ideas. Currently, they serve as missionaries for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints Addiction Recovery Program. Greg has been a group leader for the men's pornography and sex addiction groups. Julie has been a group leader for the women's support groups, which help women appropriately support their husbands in their addiction recovery, as well as healing from betrayal trauma as well. Okay, let me get this right. As well as healing from the betrayal trauma these women have experienced because of their husband's compulsive behaviors. They are also companion group leaders for ARP's couple groups where spouses can come together as they have progressed in their individual recovery and are ready to work as a team. They love this work and see miracles every time as people access the enabling power of Jesus Christ. For those that are on the webinar, we have an an awesome picture of Greg and Julie's family with all of their kids. It looks like a couple of grandkids maybe in there. And anyway, so three of their six children 
have struggled with addictions of all kinds and all have struggled with afflictions and challenges, including anxiety, depression, same-sex attraction, etc. Their oldest son, Tyler, passed away in a four-wheeler accident on Mother's Day of 2013. Tyler struggled with the drug and alcohol addiction most of his life. The Dunfords have learned so much through their children's experiences and their own, as well as thousands of clients over the years. And just as a little side note, if you want to hear more about that story, Karen did an interview with Greg, and actually there's one from Julie too, on our Like Dragons Did They Fight podcast channel. So if you'd like to hear more about that story and hear how their family overcame those challenges, feel free to check out that interview on our podcast channel, Like Dragons Did They Fight. All right, one last thing before I turn the time over to them. Greg and Julie have a book coming out that is called Life Mastery, Returning to Divine Origins. So they've been writing this book and a program over the last couple of years that focuses on a gentle but powerful approach to healing addictions and afflictions of all kinds. You can uh, find out more information and order this book when it's released at gregdunfordcounseling.com. That's Greg's website. And I'm sure they'll have lots more information on that. So I'm going to go ahead and turn the time over to Greg and Julie. And just so you know, they have a slideshow presentation. And for those that are on the webinar, don't feel like you need to screenshot anything or take copious notes of all of their slides. We're going to email those to you. And for anybody listening to the recording, if you want a copy of those emailed to you, just send us a note at motherswhoknow at lifechangingservices.org, and we'd be happy to send those to you. So good. Thanks, April. I love the Dunfords. As you can tell, they're on a mission, like literally together. And I think you're going to notice why it's so easy to love them. So grateful that you guys are here and that we know you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you for that introduction, April. (laughs) That's a lot. We appreciate it. (laughs) Well, first of all, I didn't know. Wow. I didn't know I'd start off getting that emotional. Sometimes when you go through the death of a child, you, I didn't know my wife was going to put that in there for, you know, sometimes you try to forget, but, you know, one of the things that I've learned the most is life never turns out the way it's supposed to. <laughs> and it's okay. And it's perfectly okay. At least the way we think. And at least the way we think. Yeah, exactly. But I've just learned so much from life experiences, our children. And, you know, people ask me like, well, man, would you do it over again? I, you know, a hundred times lessons I've learned and we do this to grow and help other people. And if I can help one person in here understand that you can get through hard things. I mean, you think pornography is tough. Losing a child is even more challenging sometimes. And, but let me share some of my, just a little experience that I had, how I managed my way through this as I was, we were up in the white mountains of Arizona and running a boy's ranch when we lost our son, trying to establish a bakery and a deli for him because he's struggling with all kinds of things. But he did have a really good last seven months with his wife and she had three kids and just an amazing woman. But I, I couldn't deal. I'm a pretty happy-go-lucky person. If you've met me before, <laughs> I, I haven't experienced depression in my life. I've been very grateful for that until this happened. 
And I could not get up. I couldn't get out. I couldn't do anything. And if I did, all I wanted to do was go off. I didn't want to live. It was just so hard. And as I prayed desperately one day to help me understand this, I was out taking care of the animals. We had lived on a ranch up there. And I clearly received an answer from my heavenly father that said, Greg, I got him. I got him. He's my son first. And everything left. (laughs) And the burden was lifted. And I had to remember the eternal perspective. We get so caught up in tunnel vision with our kids that this is never going to end. This will go on forever. We have to remember God has a plan. And my son, and my son and I have always wanted to run a boys ranch and work together and help people out. And very clearly after I heard that message from my heavenly father, I got an answer from my son and I heard his voice and just said, dad, Remember we wanted to run a ranch together? (laughs) Let's do it. You work on that side and I'll work on this side and we're going to help out as many people as we can. And I just got the biggest smile on my face and every, the whole burden was gone. And we have to remember life continues on and it's going to be okay. And God's in charge. And I just wanted to share my testimony of that first to understand that this is a long journey and we're going to make it through. We're going to be okay. (laughs) And uh, after feeling that the next day, you know, I'm trying to go back to that bakery and deli where my son was and he was running it and we were together. I couldn't go back, but I tried. And the next day I got a phone call from a good old friend of mine um, down in Aravac, Arizona. He goes, Greg, do you want to come down and run my boys ranch? (laughs) and be the program director. <laughs> I'm looking for somebody. I'm like, dude, you are fast. <laughs> I mean, you got some connections up there that I don't even understand, but I'm thankful. And I went down and started that, doing that for the next couple of years. And yeah, I've been on this crazy journey that um, been doing the, after two, three years down there, we came back up here and been running groups. I run about 10 groups a week, maybe work with some of your boys. I love what I do. I love seeing the smiles in their faces when they finally get it and they go, I can do this. And that's my greatest joy in what I do. And that's my greatest payment is to see their hearts finally shine for the first time and realizing I can do this with this power of God. I can do this. And so anyway, that's sorry about that. It was was kind of, I want to start off and yeah. We wanted to welcome you in and give you a little tour of our mess here to help you understand <laughs> that we have a smorgasbord of, of wonderful problems that you can choose from and, and maybe relate to. That's kind of been our, our seems to be our mm-hmm. lot in life. And we've been able to go through a lot of things that have helped us understand people and situations that we wouldn't have really even known about before and it's put us on this journey that's that's taught us a lot and we're really grateful for that and it's not all 
we don't want you to think that our lives are so hard and it's such a, we, we are so grateful because through accessing the enabling power of the atonement of Jesus Christ, we're thriving in this. We're, we're happy. We have joy and our family is really close. Even though they're, it's messy at times, they're really close and it's not all bad. We have crazy good things going on. We just, we, we sold our house in Utah late last year. God just orchestrated something for us that we weren't expecting yet. And now we're on our little family ranch in Star Valley, Wyoming, which has been a lifelong dream. And it's, it's a gathering place. And we're, we're so grateful for that. And we came up here, we dumped our stuff off and the people that we bought it from stayed here. And we went down to Puerto Rico for the winter where our, our daughter and son-in-law bought a three unit property and we got to help them set up house. And it was a lot of work, but it was beautiful. We lived in a rainforest by the beach <laughs> for, for two so or three months and rough life, rough. It, it was, it was interesting. It was, Terrible. it was, it was beautiful, <laughs> but it was a lot of work. And we, and we got to live with our family in close quarters for a good long while. And it was another really great learning experience. And then during that time, one of our, our daughters, Lizzie and Grayson O'Very, actually were recruited by American Idol and got golden tickets and went pretty far. And then and the, now they're out and we're, we're grateful that, that American <laughs> Idol doesn't own them and they can continue on their musical mission to spread light to the world and on their own terms. But it was an interesting and a great experience, a lot of stress. And, yeah. and this is one of the daughters that, that struggles with anxiety and boy, it was a journey. <clears throat> but yeah, a lot of fun things, but we just wanted to kind of give a little background on that just to help you understand that we understand <laughs> we've got, you know, half of our kids aren't, aren't currently in the church, but these are some of the most spiritual people that I know. And our oldest son who passed away, same thing. He was probably the most spiritual person. I mean, as far as he had so many spiritual experience and experiences in his life, experiences beyond the veil and things. And it's been our uh, experience that those that are struggling with these difficulties, with addictions and afflictions, they tend to be the ones that are a serious threat to Satan. And you all know that already, but that's definitely been our experience. Okay. So we'll just jump right in. Well, let me share why we chose this title. I know this sounds really complicated, but as I've worked with boys for the last five years and struggling with pornography issues, and it just seems like the more they try to, I'm going to stop this today. I'm going to get up today and okay, I'm not going to look at porn. I'm not going to masturbate. I'm not going to do this. White knuckling. Yeah, white knuckling, <laughs> resistance, resistance. And and first of all, I've tried, it, it led to more stress and then they lose, especially when they graduate or become a general, you know, now there's more shame involved and there's more suffering. And so I, I'm trying to help them understand that there's a balance between fighting and also embracing the concept and accepting the concept that I am a sexual being, that that is part of what, how God created me. And all of us are here because of that. And that's nothing we need to shame ourselves from. And we need to learn how to accept that. And one guy, one guy said, this is Greg. I've been fighting this for so long and so scared of it, trying to get rid of it, trying to get rid of it instead of, 
wow, God made me this way. Sex is not a bad thing. It's the greatest gift that God's blessed us with to enjoy in marriage and with that person you love for connection. And so they're, they're starting to embrace this more and accept it more instead of constantly fighting and getting scared that, you know, I might lose today. Oh, no. I'm, no, we, we fight with a purpose. And the more I resist sometimes, and I'm not talking about resistance in the sense that, <laughs> oh, you know, we're supposed to resist sin. Of course we are. But I'm talking about embracing healthy sexuality. And not being scared of that. Because the first thing I do when I go around and present to bishops and stake presents, I know it's weird, but I write on the big whiteboard, I put the word sex on the board. Let's just get this out of the way. <laughs> okay. And we're going to, and it's so interesting, the different, you know, ex people, you know, you've got the grandma on the front saying, oh my gosh, he's such a, he's a pervert. He's gross. He said the S word. And, you know, you got the guys in the back going, yeah, you know, we're going to talk about sex today. And you got the little kids. <laughs> he said the S word, <laughs> you know, and so you've got all kinds of different emotions going on. And the first thing I say is how you feel about this word is either going to make you or break you. But this is a celestial, beautiful, miraculous gift that God has allowed us to experience for connection. And when we learn that, that it's not just about lusting, and oh no, I'm out of control. It's about not resisting. It's accepting that I am a sexual being and that's okay. And that's all right. And so that's the first place we wanted to stop. start. Anything yeah. else on that? <clears throat> um just bringing it back around to, to the, the main purpose of this principle is to, again, help us to access the enabling power and the healing power of the atonement of Jesus Christ so that we can do his work on this earth. So we can gather Israel. We can become a Zion people. This principle we're going to be sharing is a, a Christ-like attribute and it brings peace and clarity so that we can better access this enabling power. And I just want to also point out in talking about this generation and, 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 and us as well, these last generations and these last days, you know, we need vision. We need vision of why we're here. We need to remember why we're here and what we're, what we're about, what we're doing. And I, I, my experience has been that this generation, if they don't have that vision, if they lose track side of that, they tend to get bored or burned out. And yeah. I've been there. Maybe you've been there. We get so busy in the doing, doing, doing the things of the gospel and church and that we don't, we don't really access that power. And if we yeah. don't access that power, we are going to get born, bored and burned out. And we have to remember what it's about. And this has been a principle that's really helped us to do that. All right. So... We call this principle equanimity was a new word for us a few years ago, thanks to our daughter and her studies. And it's a, a term that we hear a lot in the modern mindfulness movement. And it's really a foundational principle in the Buddhist tradition. They consider it to be one of the divine abodes or the very dwelling place of God. As we understand it, it's a part of the essence of God's way of being. It's a Christ-like attribute what is it? It's kind of hard to define, but it kind of comes down to a willingness to experience discomfort. Is anybody excited about that? Oh, I can't wait to experience discomfort. <laughs> and it's not, this is why it's we not all just that. It's more, it's a willingness to experience and embrace discomfort 
Talk about a paradox. Well, and not just negative things, all things, you know, because you guys, how many of us want to hold on to this moment? I'm on the beach. I'm, I'm sitting here in the hot sun and, oh, with my family and this moment, if we could just stop time for this second and just experience this for the rest of my life. Oh, this would be the greatest thing ever. Or, oh, I want to get rid of this as fast as I can. I'm, I'm so scared of this. this. I hate this feeling. No, it's all part of this beautiful, perfect, imperfect journey that we're on. This curriculum we signed up for. (laughs) It's all here to teach us. We're we're supposed to learn from it, but we are always in this this experience of wanting more of something, more of that beach experience or less of something, less of discomfort or to just get through something quickly. Yeah, or I'll be happy when syndrome. I'll be happy when my, my son graduates. Then it'll be fine. I'll be happy when my husband, whatever, gets a job or whatever happens. And be in that moment. So equanimity says that it's not enough to say, I don't like this. I re- this really rots. I hate this, but I'm going to do it anyways because it's the right thing to do. And I'm just going to barrel through it. That is resistance. The Buddhists teach us that resistance in the mind and body creates suffering. And studies show that resistance causes stress and inflammation at a cellular level. Not something we, we we've really all had that want. One. We've all had that <laughs> wonderful opportunity. And think about this in your stress. in your own experience, just like focusing <clears throat> on something that, that you can't have or that you want more of, or and just that kind of just you know, or going through the situation with with a wayward child, like oh, this is just this is so hard, but I'm gonna just you know barrel through it. That sort of feeling. So Equanimity says, embrace the experience, learn from it, be grateful for the learning and growth it is offering. This is acceptance, which will bring peace and joy and connection. And that's the opposite of resistance. And that's something that's so important for all of us to embrace our kids wherever they're at in their journey. Why do they think, why do we think that they should be at our level (laughs) and, you know, and be going through our same experience? They didn't sign up for your journey. They signed up for their own and we have to embrace that and not and accept it and be there in peace, joy, and connection. And that's really tough to be in their mess. And, you know, I often think of how the savior does it. He lost the third before he even came down and look around. It's a mess out there. There's a lot of opposite of equanimity going on in this world <laughs> and it's, it's tough. And so how can I brace that? Maybe this couple of thoughts that we can help. Well, and, and just to, to clarify, equanimity is not passivity. It's not a passive thing. It's yeah. not just, I'll just let everything happen and it's just whatever. And I'm not saying to sit in your, <laughs> sit in your porn, guys. No, I'm not. <laughs> this is not what I'm saying. It's not <laughs> resignation or indifference, yeah. which implies also an aversion to your circumstances like, whatever, <clears throat> I'm just going to. And it's, it's just simply a, a peace of mind and a clarity, even in difficult circumstances. Ecclesiastes 3 says. Yeah, I was just, I was looking up, what's a good scripture that goes along with this? You know, sorry, that seminary teacher comes out of me. What's a good scripture? You know, we got to jump into the scriptures. And I love it because there's answers in there. There's a season for all things, you guys. And we're going to have to go through a lot of different seasons as parents. And wow, there is a time to fight. And my wife and I were talking about that. There are times that it's not about sitting in it. It's about getting the heck out of here and doing a flagpole or doing whatever you got to do to just move and get out of the place I'm in. I got to go for a walk. I got to get a new environment. 
even in the fight, we can have peace and faith and fear. So I'm teaching them there's going to be seasons. There's going to be times. I want you to embrace. I don't want you to immediately shame yourself because I'm having a sexual thought. Because so many of these guys, there's so much shame around this. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But we're going to learn how to channel that energy into something else, okay? So equanimity says, I can take in this experience right now exactly how God is serving it up and that any afflictions that are present in this moment are consecrated for my gain. I can accept, receive, and embrace it with gratitude, with fullness of joy. And that's from Thomas McConkie from his course in Transformations of Faith. We love Thomas McConkie. He's, he took a, a little break from the church for... <laughs> about 10 years and went over to, to Asia and became a Buddhist and, and almost, almost became a Buddhist monk. (laughs) And then God told him through the spirit at one point, it's time to go back to Utah. And, and to, and he ended up coming back to the church in full fellowship. And now he helps a lot of people who are going through faith crises and brought with him some great practices from our Buddhist brothers and sisters that I think we can really benefit from, and they're in, they're, it's part of our gospel. It's in there. We just, they just kind of give us a little bit different angle to look at it, which I think has been really helpful. So he, again, he just says, I can take in this experience right now, how God is serving it up and that any afflictions that are present in this moment are consecrated for my gain. I can accept, receive and embrace it with gratitude and joy. And that's what Joseph Smith teaches us from Liberty jail. All these things will give us experience and be for our good. Well, and I, I always talk about the guys, don't get scared of it. Fear. Oh my gosh, I'm having a sexual thought. I'm so scared. No, that's what God gave you. So you'll have children someday. As I always tell, you know, as I talk to the guys, how many guys would get married if they didn't have hormones? I don't know. Not Hopefully too some. Some maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's a big, a big part of it. But, the, you know, so... Remember, that was God-given the way we're created. Don't shame that. Embrace it. And sometimes you just lovingly let it go down the river. I see it. Hmm, okay, like a cloud. and it, it floats on by and I let it go. I don't have to freak out. I'm having depression. I'm feeling anxiety. I'm feeling, oh, no, my kid's going through this. Okay, what can we learn from this? What is it teaching me, this emotion? It's a great question to ask yourself, okay? And we can learn to sort of unhook from that, the intensity of the emotion and let it, like you said, let it just float by like clouds in the sky, like a leaf on the river. We can zoom out, we can observe it and learn from it without it overtaking us, without diving into it. All right. And the ultimate example of equanimity, of course, is, is Christ in Gethsemane, as well as his whole life. I mean, he just took it as it came and he did it out of love, not fear. You know, I, I'm not saying there was never any resistance in him. I don't know, but. Well, three times he he asked that, is there any other way we could do this? This hurts. (laughs) It was not his preference. It was not what he (laughs) wanted to do, but he had, he, he had total acceptance and he yielded and, and did this most amazing act of love for all of us because of that principle of equanimity, he was able to just to experience it and not just run away from it, which we're grateful for. (laughs) And an idea from Viktor Frankl is that the space between stimulus and response is freedom. The greater the space, the greater the freedom. Equanimity is basically that space, right? It's, It's being able to say when stimulus comes in, something happens that just makes me so angry and to be able to just 
breathe it in, sit with it and just go, hmm, okay, <laughs> this is, this is interesting. What's going on here? That, that moment of stillness, that space in there before responding or reacting. Yeah. And hopefully we're responsive and not reactive. Yeah. And that's, that's hard. <laughs> and I tell my boys, you guys, you feel that? Breathe it in and just say, okay, I'm having a sexual feeling. All right. Fascinating. Okay. Where, where, where am I going to put this energy today? I got a lot of energy today. I'm going to go work out. I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to channel this energy into something positive. I'm not going to be scared of it. God gave me this. And where am I going to channel this? And I, I tell the guys, you've got to learn how to sit in your discomfort for a little. We hate discomfort. So I tell them, okay, fast a little bit longer. Sit down at your food and just you have a full plate of food. <sighs> Breathe it in. Take a couple minutes before you eat it. I always used to do this when I did live groups. <laughs> I'd get a bunch of pizza, set it on the table, open up the boxes. Guys, breathe that in. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, the smell of pizza. It's great. Isn't it awesome? And then I'd go on for the lesson and see how long before they'd start complaining. <laughs> and I said, sit in it, guys. It's okay. You're not going to die. It's just pizza. You're going to be okay. But Greg, I'm starving. I'm going to die. What's wrong with you? I can't believe how mean you are. Calm down. It's okay. Equanimity. <laughs> let's do your Zen. You know, let's get back in the, you know, and then, or, or I'd have them hold out a chair and let's see how long you can hold this chair and push past that pain a little bit longer. Get up a little bit earlier. Sleep. Go to bed a little bit earlier. I even told the guys, guys, if you really want to practice equanimity, if you want to try this, you guys, not a very fun thing, but get in the shower and your normal temperature and then slowly turn it cold. <gasps> and you're not moving. I'm breathing. Wow, this cold water feels fascinating. <laughs> it's exciting, isn't it? And sit through that and then bring it back to warm. And without jumping up and screaming, ah, I hate this feeling. I Because I hate cold water. I, I just, oh, there's nothing worse, especially on a cold morning. But sit in it. So I try to teach him. And if you can sit in that a little bit longer, you're going to be able to manage your sexual energy a little bit more or your depression or your anxiety and not be scared of it. Because if I have the power to do an anxiety, I have the power to do a peace. If I have the power to do a depression, I have the power to do a happiness. And sexual feelings is very different from a drug high. I'll ask you really quickly. If your mom walks in on you, how quickly do those sexual feelings leave? They're gone. That's a choice. So you can choose what I'm going to do with these feelings. So I'm teaching them how to manage your sexual energy, not just fear it and get scared of it. So we're right. building that tolerance muscle and yeah. that equanimity gives us some space to access grace and move forward in clarity, and peace yeah. and love. And that's okay. So this really comes down to practicing awareness, becoming really aware. And Joseph Smith told us that the works of faith are largely mental exertion. Have you ever heard that before? We think of the works of faith as doing things that we can see, but the works of faith are largely mental exertion. It's in here. It's this mental discipline and it's hard work. I think it's the hardest work that we ever do is, is what's in here. And so with that, we, we share a, a valuable tool here that, that has helped us so much. And it's just being the, the guardian and gatekeeper of your mind and to, to just kind of 
consciously, intentionally take on that role that I am going to, I'm going to guard and protect what comes in. I'm going to question the source. I'm going to find out where it comes from. And, and being the curious observer, this has saved me a million times. This is so helpful to literally zoom out of myself and kind of become that third party observer. And I'm looking in at myself going, hmm, that's interesting. What's that about? I'm, I'm feeling anxiety. We've, we've all been there. You're laying in bed in the morning and before you can even open your eyes, Satan has pounced on you and you feel completely overwhelmed for the day. You, you don't want to get up. You're, you feel like everything you've done is wrong and it, it just can't be fixed and everything's just so big and so heavy. And mm-hmm. so I, I take that and I kind of zoom out and go, okay, hmm, that's interesting. What's never, going on here? Never felt that before. <laughs> yeah, Where is this coming from? You know, and it's, and it's, you know, kind of the, you know, feel it and, and, and name it. And that's those things. <laughs> been super helpful and, and check it with the source. Yeah. And I always say, check every thought that comes in your head with the source. Is it true? Just sit that simple question. Is this true? Does it match up with your patriarchal blessing? That's the only thing I want you to compare yourself with. I don't want it with other women, with other men, you know, no, we're not going there. Check it with a source. Is this true? Is this something from God? It's usually positive. God wouldn't say anything negative to us. He would warn us, but it's not an, ever a negative. It's so always in love. It's always and in, in love inviting and spirit yeah. and okay. makes us feel like we can do it. Yeah, being aware of that. So we're designed to seek pleasure, avoid pain, and find the quickest and easiest way to do things, right? <laughs> but equanimity says, you know, there's a willingness to experience and just and embrace discomfort (laughs) that totally goes against our nature to seek pleasure avoid pain and find the quickest and easiest way it's totally it's paradoxical but think about this this is an interesting thought sin happens as a result of not being able to sit with the discomfort or pain of avoiding our natural man cravings or urges Mm. think about that anytime you've followed through and done something that's against your values that's against what you want for your life, isn't it? Can you can you always trace it back to that? It's not being able to sit with that discomfort of not following through on that urge or that craving. I just I want that thing really bad, or I want to resist something really bad, and I and I run away from it. And instead of being able to sit with that discomfort and pain and, and be willing to experience that. My ice cream and just continue eating. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I'm embracing that feeling. It's okay. I'm becoming one with that. Never mind. Okay. Sorry. Satan. Satan. So we can learn to be. Did you hear that? No, not you. (laughs) We can learn to be willing to experience the discomfort of unfulfilled urges and cravings. Again, exercising that muscle of tolerance for for those unfulfilled urges and cravings that that discomfort we feel. So I love C.S. Lewis. Here's one of his great quotes. A silly idea is current that good people do not know what temptation means. This is an obvious lie. Only those who try to resist temptation know how strong it is. A man who gives into temptation after five minutes simply does not know what it would have been like an hour later. That is why bad people, in one sense, know very little about badness. They have lived a very sheltered life by always giving in. We never find out the strength of the evil impulse inside us until we try to fight it. And Christ, because he was the only man who never yielded to temptation, is also the only man who knows to the full what temptation means, the only complete realist. And when we talk about resisting temptation here, that does not necessarily mean we can resist temptation without being resistant. 
by being willing to sit with the pain of an unfulfilled urge and even learning from it. So in, in terms of avoiding sin that leads to addictions and afflictions, we could say that sin is anything that disrupts our joy and connection with God. Think about that and let that shift in your mind. And what would happen if we could teach that to our kids? Sin is anything that disrupts our joy and our connection with God. When we understand the true nature and effects of sin, it changes us. And it's kind of an antidote to shame. It doesn't mean I'm bad. It means I have stepped out of the flow of God's light and love and misunderstanding sin and our true nature leads to shame. So talk about shame and how it, how resistance creates shame. Shame says, uh, yeah, let's go to that. Shame says I am bad. I make a mistake. You know, the difference between you've probably heard of shame and guilt, shame. I did something bad. Therefore I am bad. I'm broken. One of the most challenging things to hear my son come up to me one day after coming up, you know, continuing to lose battles, says, Dad, I'm just not celestial material. There was so much shame around that he dropped out of the group. He could not deal with that shame. I keep losing. I'm broken. Something's wrong with me. And when we get caught up in that, this is where Satan really does his best work is with shame that I'm somehow not like these other guys that are winning or something else. Everybody's addiction can't compare to another boy that's doing well. Theirs might be deeper and more, who knows what's going on and the background of what's happening that's brought them into this or how long they've been doing this and this good, bad binary thinking. We got to be so careful with that wins and losses. I try to change the words in my group to, manage and mismanaged my sexual energy because when they come up yeah i lost again mom what's the first thing they're feeling is shame and the first thing i want you to ask back is okay great you went this long okay what did you learn from this let's do a loss battle analysis what did we learn what do we got to do different and moms do the program right along with them do find out what is your shame what are you struggling with you know, I started out when I first started out with this, you know, in this program with Life Changing Services with this book. And I went to the back and we downloaded that, you know, got a copy of this, put this on the wall and we did family powers. And we're going to all work on something. It's not my son that's, we're going to shame him because he sins a little bit different than us. No, I mean, I'm going to, I did no sugar for the first month. Yeah. You want to see, talk about addiction. Holy cow. But at the same time, I remember my son coming up to me, dad. Are you okay? There's like three Snicker bar wrappers here on the floor, man. If you need some help, come talk to me. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, shut up, son. <laughs> but it was us working together that got out of this good, bad binary. I'm not bad if I, you know, I, I made a mistake. I'm it's okay. either I'm, I have to be totally perfect or yeah. I'm a total loser. That's the good, and bad the, binary that we, that satanic perfectionism. Of, a lot of that toxic perfectionism that's happening with these boys. If I'm not winning, I'm the, I'm a loser. You got to be careful that word. And then we start denying that. The yeah, shame is identity. a denial of our divine nature. Whereas the truth is that, yeah. you know, shame says I am bad. The truth says I did a bad thing. Shame says, you know, you have to either be perfect or you're a loser. And, and the truth is that we're here to grow and progress. Per per perfection's going to happen 
down the road. But right now, this is about growing and progressing. And, and, and that entails making some mistakes and learning from them. And shame denies our divine nature, whereas the truth is that we have infinite worth. That is unchangeable. That can't, our worth cannot be changed. It just, it yeah. is. It and no matter is. whether they sin for the rest of their life, Christ has already paid for it. That's, that's not, it's already done. And he loves you and he's not going to change that. Okay. So I tried to change the word from graduation because one of my biggest challenges after graduating, seeing some of the guys tank, you know, because graduation means I'm done. <laughs> and you think of everybody that thinks of the word graduation, I'm done. So I always say the word, no, okay, now you're deployed. <laughs> you got a deployment. Now you've been through basic training and you got to go out there and actually use these principles. So we got to keep that in perspective. This is an eternal challenge. Sexual energy hormones don't go away. This is a lifestyle we're learning how to live, not just a checkoff box. And we've got to keep that whole eternal perspective, as I said right at the beginning. That is so important that we, my son's, oh no, he's broken. He hasn't been able to do this. He's still learning. He took off his, he might not want to. Until they make that choice, you know, I'm going to keep falling because this feels better, you know. So help them understand this perspective. Okay, just keep learning. Keep growing. What did you learn from this? And pretty soon you're going to get enough, you know, lost battle analysis. You've learned you've got enough tools in your toolbox that there's no way. Oh, Satan's going to try that again? <laughs> no way. I see you doing the same thing you did yesterday and we're going to get better and better at this, just like everything else in life. Okay. And these tools and incentives are great and they can help <clears throat> us create new habits, but they aren't the end goal. Yeah. yeah. The end goal is um, to help us get to the enabling power of the atonement of Jesus Christ, which changes our nature. And I don't think we focus on this enough. This doctrine is so powerful. Do we really get this? Do we really understand that the, the atonement of Jesus Christ actually changes our nature that means it can change our cravings it can change what we want or don't want yeah. it can make it so that what was so hard and i was having to white knuckle through it's just like oh i want this this is this and it feels doable it's it's doable when we when we yeah. partner with jesus christ and all of these tools all of this needs to get us to the enabling power of the atonement of Jesus Christ. It needs to get us into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah, and connection. to me, I think that enabling power is feeling the love of our heavenly parents, of our Savior Jesus Christ. That, that's what brings it to me. When I feel their love, yeah. when I feel, when I have an, an actual conversation with them and, and they share things with me and I'm writing down my impressions as fast as I can because I'm feeling, I, I love you, my precious daughter. Thank you for the work you're doing. And, and I feel that when, when I just really open myself up to them and to that sort of conversation, if you will, it's, it's always encouraging. It's, it's inviting, it's enabling, and it's, it's not yeah. focusing on, oh, you are such a bad mom. You're such a, you're such a loser. I can't believe you did that. It's always, thank you for your efforts. Keep trying. And they give me, you know, next steps, you know, be still, be yeah. humble, you know, listen, and you know. These and things. as the guys, you know, and in their journals, I said, don't just write a letter to God. Have God write you a letter. Ask him, hey, do you still love me? Are you still there? And listen and write. This is what the prophet's really trying to get us to do is find a quiet place, listen, 
write down this inspirations that come to us. Cause I asked the guys, how many times do you have a cool, really cool thought? And then by the end of the day, you're going to write it down and it's gone. I mean, we all do that, but write down these impressions, have something. Your most important thing is feel that love every day. Feel your cup up here, not out in the world. Okay. That's where I got to fill it up. And I, I do prayer journey, journaling. We'll get to that a little bit later briefly, but so equanimity again says it's a, it's a willingness to experience discomfort long <clears throat> enough for that craving or urge to pass and learning to channel that energy into something positive. All right. So we could call that pain with a purpose. <laughs> and here's some examples of pain with a purpose. Fasting, obviously, that, that's not a comfortable experience, but there's a always, purpose to it, right? And I always tell them, you guys, have you ever fasted without a purpose? It's just starving. It's horrible. <laughs> it's not fun at all. But if you're fasting for your grandma or you're somebody that's sick or somebody you really care about, guess what? You hear those gurgling noises? channel that energy into what you're fasting for. So the pain has a purpose, not just, Oh, I hate my life. I'm just starving myself from food. Yeah. And then women, what childbirth, I learned, oh, well, geez. many of you have been through childbirth. What I learned from childbirth was I had six kids at home with a midwife and that's not like, woo. I was, I had really good training. I had a really great midwife and she, she taught me some things. And what I learned from childbirth was man, equanimity works. When I, when I started to like resist the pain and just be like, Oh, this is horrible. Everything would close and shut, shut down. And, and it was counterproductive when I would lean into the pain and use that pain with the purpose of that pain's there to open up our bodies and push a child out. And when I would work with the pain and embrace that pain, it didn't go away, but it was, it did take the edge off. It was more comfortable than the resistance of shutting and working against that pain. That was a powerful lesson for me to learn every yeah. time was just yielding and giving myself to that. That's pain with a purpose, homework, work, yeah. the atonement. These are all pain. Well, with and, purpose. The, and the guys, they go, wow. Cause I'm always telling you guys, one of the biggest things you don't do your homework first, you're going to bring on a lot more pain. You know, that's so do work hard, play hard. You get your homework done, chores done, then go out and enjoy your day. Okay. So what's your pain and what's the purpose? Identify that. What, what am I going through and what's the purpose of what am I doing this for? And we always say we're doing this for the Lord. We're doing ultimately we do it for the Lord because there's a lot of things that are hard, like just keeping house. Cleaning up is a continuous you, you finish and then you just finish and you have to start all over again. It's like, why? Why am I even doing this? I learned a long time ago to do it for the Lord. So how, how do we do this equanimity thing? What are, what are some ways to do this? How am I going to manage all this sexual energy or anxiety or depression? All this, this, what I feel is like hard, this energy that's working against me. How do I, how do I manage all this? We gratefully feel the feelings and channel the energy. Yeah. And just, I always talk to the guys, it's, you can't just stop a river from flowing down. You know, if you put a dam there, it's going to break the dam. You channel the energy. If any of you have been down to Lake Powell or understand, look behind any dam. What's the purpose? They're using the power of the river to create light and power and electricity. So channel the, the sexual energy, this whatever, depression, anxiety, anger, into something productive. I say, guys, when we channel the energy of this and put that into something awesome in our life, you're going to be able to create and do amazing things in your life. 
And a couple of um, examples, we borrowed this um, slide from Wes's uh, uh, presentation last week. If you haven't seen it, go back and see it. Awesome. Just this, you go through that. You're so good at this. No, notice it, name it, flip it, handle it. You know, because if I don't notice it, I don't recognize, separate the problem for me. I'm not the bad guy. I have to notice that the enemy is attacking me and I have to name it. Oh, I see you. I see what you're doing. And then flip it on it. Satan comes in at night. Oh, I'm so tired. I can't read my scriptures. I always tell the guys. Oh, thank you for reminding me to read and read my scriptures today. <laughs> you just flip it, do the opposite of what he's saying in brain. And one thing we, we love this, this model, another way to channel that energy. And, and this is a little different than what is normally said, a different order. We, we say, feel it. So you, you, you go ahead and feel the feels, you name it. And then you heal, let the savior heal you in that thing. And then you can deal with it. <clears throat> so how do we apply this as parents? I, and forgive me, there's there's some reading here. You can read along with us, but we felt like these were so powerful and so important. And this is a game changer for a lot of us when we understand doctrine. We wanted to share a little bit of the doctrine. And if so you don't we, listen to anything today, <laughs> listen to this. This is good. <laughs> okay, bear with us here. This is from Joseph Smith, as recorded by Orson Whitney. The prophet Joseph Smith declared, and he never taught a more comforting doctrine, that the eternal ceilings of faithful parents and the divine promises made for them to them for valiant service in the cause of truth would not would save not only themselves, but likewise their posterity. Though some of the sheep may wander, the eye of the shepherd is upon them, and sooner or later they will feel the tentacles of divine providence reaching out after them and drawing them back to the fold. Either in this life or the life to come, they will return. They will have to pay their debt to justice. They will suffer for their sins and may tread a thorny path. But if it leads them at last, like the penitent prodigal, to a loving and forgiving father's heart and home, the painful experience will not have been in vain. Pray for your careless and disobedient children. Hold on to them with your faith. Hope on, trust on, till you see the salvation of God. And Brigham Young, <clears throat> let the father and mother who are members of this church and kingdom take a righteous course and strive, not be perfect, but strive with all their might and never to do a wrong, but to do good all their lives. If they have one child or 100 children, if they conduct themselves towards them as they should, binding them to the Lord by their faith and prayers, binding them to the Lord by their faith and prayers, care not where those children go. They are bound up to their parents by an everlasting tie and no power of earth or hell can separate them from their parents in eternity. They will return again to the fountain from whence they sprang. Yes. Amen. Sorry. Lorenzo Snow, if you succeed in passing through these trials and afflictions and receive a resurrection, you will, by the power of the priesthood, work and labor as the son of God has until you get all your sons and daughters in the path of exaltation and glory. This is just as sure as the sun rose this morning over yonder mountains. Therefore, mourn not because all your sons and daughters do not follow in the path that you have marked out to them or give heed to your counsels inasmuch as we succeed in securing eternal glory and stand as saviors and as kings and priests to our God, we will save our posterity. And you can read that one in the, in the, the thing. Yeah. And this is all on the gospel library, by the, by the way. So really quickly, we'll just go through this really quick. How do we apply this as parents? Practice equanimity yourself. Your willingness to sit with and embrace the discomfort of your child losing battles or acting out or, or whatever, and surrender that outcome to God. Again, do the program with your child. 
Limit your expectations to the eternities. It's okay to have eternal expectations, okay? Eternal, eternity is taken care of. We, that's why I read those. I want you to have peace and know that in the end, they are yours. They're, it's all good. This earth life is messy, and they're going to go through some stuff. So be willing to let go of earthly expectations. This agency is messy. They're here to learn and grow. And can I share one quick experience? Very sacred to me that your children do continue to grow in the next life. This is a long journey and we can't get so caught up in the moment that I forget that they'll get this. Okay. And as I see them grow into their, I mean, they're going to get this. They might not be perfect at this, but they're going to get it. And if they don't, they'll get it in the next life. And let's keep understanding this is the eternal perspective, okay? That was confirmed to us yes. by the Lord himself after our son died. And, and you, yeah. you, you could have said he died in his sins. But yeah. the Lord knew his heart. Tyler loved the Lord. And he died in a mess. But he, the Lord has him and he is, he is progressing even on that side. So helping and doing good and it's progressing. Also be careful of expectations. Those can result in just disappointment and despair. Each child of God is on their perfectly imperfect path, but our expectations can cause us to get in the way. So we need to let go and let God don't fear or force that Satan's parenting plan. Follow God's parenting plan. Fear begets force. Have faith, not fear. Call down the powers of heaven for your children. When we can't reach someone directly, we reach up. And this has been one of the most powerful things. I literally raise my hands above my head and I, I see the power that's there and I grab it and I pull it down and I, and, and I use that, that priesthood power that is given to us in our endowment. And I call down the powers of heaven for each of my children in my prayers daily. And I, and I think about them as I'm blessing them from afar in that sense. And I've seen powerful things happen. Doesn't mean everything is perfect all of a sudden, but I see God's hand working in their lives. Be the atmosphere angel and cheerleader as Karen has always taught us. I love that. And love them so that they will want you to teach them. We'll skip over this. We just have daily practices that we just want to make sure we're, we're doing the basic things. I mean, obviously, if we're not eating right or sleeping right or, you know, we're not taking care of our emotional health or our spiritual health, we're going to struggle. And just a couple last thoughts, and then we'll turn it over uh, for questions. Through the continuous flow of revelation, we can learn how to best parent our children. We, we can have the faith to let go and let God and to know that in the eternities, it all works out. Our children who have or will be sealed to us are eternally bound to us. All Satan really has is this earth life to mess with us. Even those of our children who may die in their sins will continue on their journey beyond the veil. They are not perdition. They are children of the light. And no matter how confused they may get here on earth, they will return back to their divine nature in the long run. But what do we do with this mess here on earth? We stay by the tree. And in the flow of revelation, as Karen has taught us, <clears throat> seek to learn to parent like the gods. Converse with them, your heavenly parents and Savior Jesus Christ. Keep a prayer journal to write your impressions in. Bask in their love and light every day. That's something, that's the most powerful thing I do. As I bask in their love and light, then I can let that love and light throw, flow through to my children and all within the sphere of my influence. Whatever that looks like for you, and it'll look different for each of us with each individual that we influence. Call down the powers of heaven for your posterity. That's your privilege. And here's a link to an article I wrote on prayer journaling if you're interested in knowing more about that. It's called Wielding Light. Wielding Light. Wielding Light, sorry, .com. That's our new book. Anyways, so yeah, let's turn the time back over to Karen and proceed with questions. Greg and Julie, go ahead, April. All right. Well, I'm just going to really quickly thank you to everybody who's been here and 
Thank you to Greg and Julie for just being open and for sharing your thoughts and ideas and the things that you've learned over the years. And we really appreciate that. Really quick, if you haven't signed up or taken mom power training, please register at mompowertraining.org. It is a free course, just so you know, like there's not any strings attached. There's nothing. We just want to teach you some of the tools and principles, some of the basic things that will help moms, like a truth tool and lots of really good stuff for you that will help you with your family, yourself, your children. So mompowertraining.org. And then just as an FYI, our next Stay by the Tree series will be on June 15th. So stay tuned for that. We'll send it on an email inviting everybody that's registered to this. If you'd like to attend the next one, we'll send you an email when that registration is open. And then also Greg mentioned a book earlier and for the recording, I don't know if you mentioned the name, but it's called Like Dragons, Did They Fight? And if you go to our website, lifechangingservices.org, you'll find a link to it at the very bottom and you can get a free copy of that. Also, Karen has a book specifically for moms called Mama Trauma, Now What? Finding Hope When Your Child Battles Pornography or Other Challenging Issues. And there's a lot of really good information in there. There's a download to the truth tool. There's just lots of information. And those two books work together hand in hand. So they're really awesome. Also, if you're struggling and you would like to talk to a person one-on-one, you're welcome to schedule an appointment with Karen. She meets with moms one-on-one. Those are free 30-minute meetings to just let you talk things out and kind of go through whatever may be going on in your house. And she can direct you to resources or maybe give you some insight that you hadn't thought about and really just help you out. So if you want to link to that, you can email us at motherswhoknow at lifechangingservices.org. So we're going to turn the time back over to Julie and Greg and open it up for questions. If you have any comments or questions, just so you know, this meeting is recorded and we do post it on our podcast channel. You're welcome to unmute yourself and just ask your question. Or if you'd rather not be on the recording, we totally get that. You're welcome to put your comment or your question in the chat and I'll go ahead and ask those as soon as Karen's done saying a few words and then I'll start going through the chat. All right, Karen, and then it looks like I've got a few in the chat too. Yeah, so Greg and Julie, I just couldn't help notice there's something we always say that there's always a message and a miracle in every mess. And what you've taught us today is that's really true. There really is a message and a miracle in every mess that you really will miss it and not enjoy it or learn from it. You've just shared so many beautiful things with us for noticing that. Yeah, I love that. A miracle and a message. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see. Why don't you go ahead with your question out loud? First of all, I just want to say how much I have appreciated this. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us. This was just really powerful for me. It was literally an answer to my prayers as I'm trying to process and um, trying to figure out how to help my children and how to, to help my marriage and just... Just thank you. Just very, very powerful. This last week, the thing that has really stood out to me, just um, listening to conference, is faith. That that just really has stood out to remember, to remember who we are and what that truly means and how that affects the way we feel and the things that we do. And then from there, the miracles that happen when we 
we can truly exercise that faith and, and the hope that that brings. But something that I have been pondering is how to apply that faith to forgiveness and then the difference between forgiveness and trust. That is something I know Maurice talks a lot about celestial orientation, where we have that instinct. We want to believe, we want to have hope, but then there's the the second part of keeping ourselves safe. So I'm, I'm in a situation, I have five sons and they've all struggled with pornography at one point or another. And I, and after 25 years of marriage, I found out that my husband has had that pornography issue the whole time. And it's just, so I'm processing a lot of betrayal trauma. I'm just getting to the point where I'm finding stability, but it's something that's affected our whole family and working on the reconciliation. I'm having the faith to forgive and distinguishing the difference between forgiveness and trust. I would love just to get any thoughts that you may have on that because my heart yearns for that connection, but it's not safe yet. So it's hard because that's a human nature and I'm not just talking sexually. I'm just talking connection emotional, psychological, spiritual connection with my spouse, even with my children, to be able to eliminate Satan and, and be able to have these human connections. But I recognize the, the forgiveness and the trust, just navigating those two is something that I'm trying to process. First of all, thank you for being so vulnerable. <laughs> Working with a bunch of men, <laughs> I don't get this that often. <laughs> and uh, thank you for your honesty. Thanks for sharing your heart. And can I just share something about misconceptions? I think too often we think is forgiveness is forgive and forget. We hear that too often in our church. That is, no, please don't ever do that. Forgive and learn. And Forgiveness means I give you back your part and I work on my part, what I have control of. You got to remember that. You give your husband back and your kids their stuff. I can't control that. But what I can control is me. I can, I'm not going to let this stuff of his take over my life anymore and destroy my peace and my happiness in my life. And forgiveness and, is not trust yes two separate exactly. things absolutely as you know but at the same time work on you so i know that here yeah but trying to internalize it here just because my brain is telling me being a convert to the church i need to forgive but wow it still hurts and that and do i keep putting myself in an unsafe situation that's the the biggest part of <laughs> No. You know, forgiveness. Does <laughs> and I not, know that <laughs> it doesn't necessarily mean that you, you you don't. It doesn't mean you stay in abusive marriage, or that it doesn't it doesn't dictate any certain outcomes. It's just like Greg said. It's just literally, you literally you're just giving that stuff back to them, and you're giving it to the Lord because this is bigger than you. You can't yeah. manage this on your own. This is yeah. something you need. You do need a miracle for. We all need that miracle of forgiveness in our own lives, but it it. Yeah, faith or trust with verification. That's what we always said is trust with verification. You don't blindly trust, especially someone who's not trustworthy. If that's something that's earned over time. And sometimes you need space to, you know, give time for that to, for the change to come about in your, in your spouse's life. Or, yeah. 
but please work on the things you can work on for you. Right. And that's, that's what you have control. Of. It literally is staying yeah. by the tree that this yeah, prayer journaling is so powerful. When you, when you take your laptop or a journal in hand and you just have, instead of praying to God, you have, you converse. And, and for me, I write it all down. I write like it out and, and I have thoughts, this great feelings. record and then I, I give them space to answer. And I'm there with the intention of receiving revelation and writing it down. And as I do that, and that'll seem really weird at first. And it'll seem like, whoa, is this okay? Can I do this? But you do it. And you just you just feel for, the, for what their response is. And you write those impressions. And you will get the most amazing things. And even yeah. if it's just feeling their love, that love changes us. That's what heals us. And if you can get a dose of that every day and pamper yourself with that, that's your... That's your me time. That's your self-care. And you just bask in that love every day, and even if it's just for a moment. You guys watching my wife do that, I mean, a year ago when she started that. It was, Two and a half years. Is it really? <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. Really? Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Okay. I am so off. Few so can I, just, can I just bear my testimony about that? I started doing that. So I actually get my journal and it started off as gratitude. Heavenly Father, thank you for this. So I start off i pray to heavenly father and then as i'm studying reading whatever i'm doing he's writing to me and he personally like the whole thing is personal it may be something related to what i'm reading Beautiful. it doesn't even matter i think i have one journal for my whole life i have like eight journals for the last year wow. that has saved me literally has wow. saved me when i'm in that dark yeah. moment i go back and read those not for anybody else but I read them. I read those things that, yes. that Heavenly Father has told me before. When I'm spinning and I'm having a hard time, I go back and I read those. Yes. And to, to do that, exactly that, go back and review. This is your personal scripture. God will speak to you. And this is what our prophet's telling us. And it has saved us. Thank you so much for sharing. And I'm so sorry. Thank you. For your pain. We have a few. Um, yeah, Julie, I'll go ahead and read those out loud. Thank yeah. you one comment from a mom I've learned how important it is that I work a program myself I have sons and a husband who struggles and by working my own recovery I've been able to have the strength to keep moving forward in this journey and be able to find joy so they were commenting when Greg I think was talking about work the journey yourself too we've got one last question in the chat and then we'd love it at the end if you guys would share your final message of hope with moms the last question, I have noticed we can get attached to our expectations and not work on resisting. How did you overcome that? Oh, it's a faith process. It is literally, it is this equanimity. It is that willingness to just let it go. And, and there's all those, like you say, there's these expectations and fears attached to that. Well, what if I let it go? Then what if they totally go off the rails and it, it just gets so messy and ugly and bad that then I've, you know, is that on me? And it's just all this stuff happens. And we just kind of have to just like God told Greg after Tyler went, you know, I've got him. He was mine first. He is mine. And this is the same with all of our kids. We co-parent with our heavenly parents. We are not the source. We are not the savior. And we have to just take that leap of faith and practice this equanimity I would suggest practice some meditation with that. I love Thomas McConkie's courses on meditation because it's gospel centered and it allows us to relax our bodies, minds, and spirits 
which are all working together. And we hold all this tension and stress in our bodies and it can cause so many problems. And I feel like once we can let all that go and be consciously aware of what our bodies are telling us, because our bodies are, are delicate, fine-tuned instruments that are designed to teach us, you know, let, let the spirit work through us. So with that, as yeah. you let that go and you just, you just, literally just let let go and let god then then you can let go of the expectations it's so hard and like so many things in in the gospel it's paradoxical it does not it's not going to feel right it's going to feel counterintuitive to let those things go but once you do you will feel empowered you'll feel peace and you'll just give it to god and know that that's his and he will let you know what you can do He's not going to keep you out of the loop you're not going to miss something big if there's something that you need to know for your child and for their journey, and you're seeking daily, you're going to know, especially as you're calling down the powers of heaven upon your posterity every day and blessing them in your own way, you're going to know, that, hey, yeah. I need to reach out to that child and just let them know how much I love them. Well, I need to take them out to lunch, or I need to do this, or I need to not say that, you yeah. know? Well, and isn't that interesting? That's exactly what the guys asked me. Greg, you're teaching me equanimity. How the heck am I supposed to do that? Oh, I'm supposed to feel a sexual feeling, then do something else. <laughs> I mean, are you kidding me? How do I? I'm, I'm 18. I'm at the peak of my testosterone. Are you kidding me? Okay, then we're going to do flagpoles. We're going to do a lot of them. We're going to do a lot of change, waking myself up. As I always say to the guys, wake up, look up, connect. You wake up your physical body first, because I've slipped into that middle brain, and then without flagpoles, without the spiritual aspect of it never works. They're trying to run a flagpole because I did push-ups. Guess what? It didn't came right back. Okay. Wake up and then look up. And if that doesn't work, go connect with somebody. So it's just a three-step process you're doing every day and it takes practice. That's what all of us are trying to do right now. And along with that, I just forgot, I forgot to mention earlier when we were talking about the curious observer zooming out and looking in and asking those questions. Questions are so important as we zoom out and we ask questions like, hmm, what's going on? What's happening? Just asking a question can pull us out of middle brain. And middle brain isn't just about sexuality. Middle brain also sure. incorporates the vagus nerve system, which is your fight, flight, and freeze, your anxiety, depression, any of that. That's all middle brain function. So if we start, just ask yourself a question and the more inspired, the better, but ask a question, it activates the logic, you know, reason, you know, frontal lobe activity where the spirit can work through us and pulls us yeah. back in that safety place out of middle brain. That's a good practice for us and for our kids. We can teach them that you're struggling. Ask yourself a question, even if it's, hmm, what's this all about? Craig and Julie, thank you so much. We're so grateful for you being here. Yeah. We are so appreciative of your journey and your sharing it with us and so grateful for your time today. Since Julie was the last one to talk, Greg, we're going to let you, just because we only have like one minute, okay. share, with, share, with us your, share with us your final message of hope for, um, for both of you. Thank you. I just want to say how much I love moms. I love your effort. And whether you're a mom or not, I respect and honor womanhood. And my heart hurts. Some of the hardest part of my work is seeing you cry. It breaks my heart. I hate seeing the pain. 
that you have to go through because of guys' stupid decisions. And I always tell the guys, if you've caused some pain with women, yes, God counts our tears of sadness that we cause women, but he also counts the tears of joy. So go make and do everything you can to make a woman smile today. Get outside of yourself. The more I can get them outside of themselves, the better they're going to do. Don't sit in your room. And that's been hard in this COVID time. But let's all get outside of ourselves. And you women do that better than anybody. Watching my wife is just incredible. And I love being married to her and my best friend for the last 34 years. It's an honor. And it hasn't been an easy journey. I'm so grateful for the things I've learned to be able to help other people and to know there is joy. And there are men out there that are somewhat good mm-hmm. <laughs> or not all bad, <laughs> you know, and I, I we got to give them a chance sometimes. And I just am grateful for this wonderful opportunity and the journey we've been on and the learning how to embrace my curriculum has been a challenging thing sometimes. But embrace it. I love Nelly Maxwell said, don't argue with the curriculum of life. It's perfectly calculated for you to learn the lessons you need to learn to become more like God. Let us all take our curriculum and learn from it. And I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for coming. Thank you, Greg and Julie. We'll see you next time. See you in mom power. <laughs>